0: The self-named Liver King says, quote, why eat vegetables when you can eat testicles, unquote. And then there's Carnivore MD, one Dr. Paul Saldino, classically trained psychiatrist. He'll go through the store and tell you how kale is BS. But they are cholesterol deniers, meaning both will tell you they don't care about their blood level of cholesterol or of low-density lipoprotein because they think they are what they call metabolically healthy. Today on 4Q, we're going to talk about your blood cholesterol and why you might want to talk to your doctor about it and not some shirtless salesman of supplements and scams. I'm Dr. Terry Simpson, and this is 4Q. York University, where we make sense of the madness, busting myths, and talking about food as medicine. Ever notice that some people will tell you that, oh, I don't eat red meat? And it isn't just because I live in California. And when I get to know people well enough, I'll typically ask them why they don't. And they'll often ascribe it to some vague reference to their health. We've done a previous podcast about red meat, but today we're going to talk about Cholesterol. Not dietary cholesterol, but the level of cholesterol in your blood. The 5 foot 5 inch tall liver king, Mr. Brian Johnson, has impressive abdominal muscles. But what about his arteries? When asked about what his blood cholesterol is, he says, quote, I don't believe in that shit, unquote. The extremes of low carb dieters have this belief that they can eat meat, saturated fat, and it doesn't matter what their blood cholesterol is because they are metabolically healthy. Well, they should ask Alberto Salazar, the winner of three New York marathons and one Boston marathon. He has a genetically high cholesterol called familial cholesterolemia, and he takes a statin and he runs 40 miles a week. People who have genetically high cholesterol or familial hypercholesterolemia die prematurely of heart disease. Take, for example, Jim Fix author of the 1977 bestseller, The Complete Book of Running. He died at 52 years old. And at autopsy, all of his major coronary arteries were clogged. He died while running, which he did every day, at least 10 miles. He did outlive his father, who died at 43 from a massive heart attack. So no doubt his compulsion for running gave him a few more years. No one was more metabolically healthy than Jim Fix or Alberto Salazar, but they could not beat their genes. The effect of your blood cholesterol on your arteries is something that happens over time, not instantly. The longer your cholesterol is high, the more you are likely to develop plaque. Now, Fix died before the first statin was ever introduced, although at the time we knew about genetically high cholesterol. About 1 in 250 people have this gene variant, which leads to high, low-density lipoprotein or the bad cholesterol levels. And if these people aren't treated, they die prematurely from heart disease. Even if they are like Mr. Fix or Alberto Salas are metabolically healthy. Or let's take a more recent example. Take the carnivore aficionado calling himself the carnivore kid on Twitter. He underwent a three-vessel heart bypass last December. They cracked his chest. At first, he couldn't understand why, since he had a perfectly flat abdomen, beautiful six-pack. He said he avoided seed oils, which, by the way, are actually anti-inflammatory. He went to the gym five or six days a week. And by all definitions, eating those fatty steaks was metabolically healthy. Now, months later, he's happily taking a statin, eating leaner cuts of meat, and has learned to cook fish. You can't beat genetics. What about the other side? There are those people who have a variant in the low-density lipoprotein receptor, such that they have congenitally low LDL levels. These people live well into their 90s and have no or minimal heart disease compared to the regular population and minimal strokes compared to the regular population. Then there's the claims that, well, if your level of LDL is too low, it'll lead to cancer and increased mortality. LDL is a bystander of cancer, meaning that low LDL may indicate cancer because cancer cells are reproducing rapidly and using the body's supply of cholesterol to build new cells. But also a high LDL may be indicative of cancer. It turns out that high-low-density lipoprotein, the bad cholesterol, is a promoting factor for cancer of the pancreas, the stomach, the lung, the colon, and others. And statins, which reduce LDL, have been shown to decrease the risk and mortality of cancer, such as breast, prostate, and colon cancer. And so some of those early studies showing that low levels of cholesterol might lead to cancer were correlation, not causation, meaning as people become ill and lose weight from the cancer, cholesterol levels go down. What about changing your cholesterol through diet? Well, a good diet, like the Mediterranean or the DASH diet, and vigorous exercise can reduce your LDL by as much as 15%. That might not be enough for some people. Other diets, particularly those rich in saturated fats, like the carnivore of extreme ketos, increase LDL levels. If diet and exercise don't do it, the mainstay of treatment of cholesterol are drugs, And that main group of drugs are called statins, which are the most well-studied drugs in the world. They can rapidly reduce LDL levels in a person and are the first line of therapy. They reduce the production of cholesterol, and because of that, they increase the production of LDL receptors, clearing up LDL in the blood. These are the first drugs that we use in people with that genetic predisposition to high cholesterol, and it's been life-saving for them. Some have noticed that there's a reduced level of CoQ10 in the blood. I heard one cardiologist say, well, it reduces CoQ10. I wouldn't do that. Well, and some people say, well, you should just take CoQ10 as a supplement. But there's never been a study showing that there's any benefit to taking enzyme CoQ10 with statins. But here's something. A diet rich in fruits, vegetables, nuts, and fish keep CoQ10 levels at a normal level, like the Mediterranean or the DASH diet. And people who are on the Mediterranean the DASH diet have noted fewer symptoms from taking statins than those that are on the standard Western diet. Imagine that. You're taking a statin, eating well, and you're not having symptoms. There's a tremendous bias against statin. Just like when you hear the booster may cause you problems or things, you're hesitant to take the booster for COVID. A lot of people are hesitant to take statins because they hear of all these problems. But you you know when they put a bunch of people together, they put half of them on statins, half of them on placebo. They didn't know which one they get. They both had equal levels of muscle aches and pains. For those who are statin intolerant, and there are those people who are, there are other classes of drugs. Like, PCSK9 inhibitors that lower LDL. They're given as a monoclonal antibody, a drug like the name of Repatha. There are also some small interfering RNA molecules that silence the gene production. And Repatha has been shown to reduce plaques and arteries. And there's cholesterol absorption inhibitors like Zedia are also called azetamide. They work at the gut level. They not only block absorption of dietary cholesterol, but your regular cholesterol is processed through your liver, passed into your bile, into your gut, and then reabsorbed. Zedia, or rosetamide, decreases that absorption. Dietary fiber can also reduce cholesterol uptake, particularly sterols such as those found in soy plants or tofu. Beans, barley, apples, apricots, sadly Brussels sprouts, yes, I hate them, broccoli and psyllium seed also reduce cholesterol uptake. There are other things like fib rates that reduce blood lipids, especially cholesterol. And all drugs have side effects. But in my years in clinical practice, and when talking to several cardiologists, none of us have ever seen someone die from the side effects of one of these drugs. But all of us have seen a lot of people die from heart attacks. The number one killer in the United States. There is plenty of evidence that reducing levels of low-density lipoprotein prevents primary and secondary heart attacks, that statins stabilize arterial plaques, decreasing the risk of dementia. What about the claims that it isn't LDL, but it's inflammation? Well, here's what happens. When you have a high level of LDL in your blood, the wall of the blood vessel gets infiltrated with LDL. We've seen this even in 18-year-olds. There are small plaques seen in kids who've died in combat. As the LDL gets trapped in that vessel wall, it accumulates making that plaque. Your body tries to get rid of it. You white blood cells called macrophages, go in. And by using oxidation, trying to get rid of the fat, which doesn't work, and that starts the plaque-forming process. Yep, it's your body's own defense making the inflammation. It isn't your inflammatory diet or an inflammatory condition or seed oils. It is that you have too much cholesterol in your blood and it finds its way to the blood vessel wall. Plaques initially slough, hence the word atheroma, like porridge. That's what atheroma means. And when it calcifies and hardens, it's called atherosclerosis or hard porridge. When a plaque ruptures, that arterial plaque inside ruptures in the blood vessels, it acutely closes off the artery and the blood supply to the heart or brain or wherever it is, causing severe problem leading to the number one cause of death in the United States heart disease. And you don't have to have a mature plaque for it to rupture. Lots of things can cause plaques to rupture, like stress or blood pressure. But what about people who have normal levels and have heart attacks? Well, I want you to think about the arterial wall this way. Certain things can make the arterial wall like a sieve when it comes to cholesterol. So even if you have a normal cholesterol, things like smoking, high blood pressure, drugs like methamphetamine or cocaine, or high blood sugars all make the arterial wall vulnerable to infiltration from dietary cholesterol, low-density lipoprotein, even when the levels are normal to low. Think about them as increasing the fragility of an artery, allowing even normal levels of cholesterol to enter, forming the plaque. What about diet and exercise? Well, They can reduce your cholesterol by about 15% modifying your risk factors. But if you want to decrease your risk factors, besides the dash and Mediterranean diet, you want to decrease your blood pressure. You want to stop smoking. You want to decrease your stress. You want to not take drugs. You want to moderate your alcohol. And you want to not listen to those shirtless salesmen of supplements and scams telling you they live a primal life while selling you a supplement that's anything but primal. And by the way, when you look at some of the original hunter-gatherers, like my ancestors, my cousins, the Yupik and Inupik, when you see their mummies, and they've been evaluated, they all have severe atherosclerotic disease. Yes, that rich, fatty diet decreased their lifespan and left what we find in their mummies as severe atherosclerotic sclerotic disease so if you want to read more about this please read the blog associated with on your and if you have any questions you can hit me up on twitter where I am at dr terry simpson at dr terry simpson fork you has been produced by our friends in simpler media alley press and the pod god mr evo Terra. Was written and authored by me. And while I may be a doctor, I'm probably not your doctor. And if you have any questions about your cholesterol or the fate of your arteries, please see a board certified cardiologist, not a functional medicine doctor, and evaluate whether or not you need to take medications or alter your risk factors for your blood cholesterol and for not only longevity, but living better. All right, Evo. Let's get a glass of red wine and stabilize our arteries. Dr. Simpson, out. I assume something a little better than two buck chuck, though, right?